Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We're joined by Joe Heron Muller, uh, Director of Community Engagement for Unity of Greater New Orleans. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Noel. Jo- uh, Joe, if we could start... Uh, if just a, a description of the landscape, where we are as it relates to homeless encampments. I know there's a couple of looming deadlines, I believe one being tomorrow, and where we stand on that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there are uh, a number of encampments um, uh, throughout the city, you know, people experiencing homelessness. Um, some stay in encampments, some stay, um, you know, on their own outside of encampments, some stay in shelters. But uh, in particular, with regards to the Treme encampment, um, Unity and our partners have already housed 51 individuals from that encampment since November. Um, and and to, to say that we've housed them, that means that we've uh, verified their disability. Um, we've uh, made um, navigated them to housing programs, helped them pick out um, housing that works for them. And we continue to work with them after they're in housing to make sure that they stay stably housed by getting them an income. Um, helping them with medical appointments and so forth. When you refer to housing programs, I'm sure that that is made up of a number of different options. Could you can you describe that for us? Yeah, there's two main types of housing programs that um, that Unity provides uh, through federal and state uh, grant support. Um, those are uh, rapid rehousing programs. These are programs for folks who. Um, with uh, short-term rental assistance, usually six to 18 months or, or sometimes a little more, uh, will be able to afford their own apartment on their own um, and maintain stable housing. And then we have permanent supportive housing, and those are programs for people with disabilities. And uh, New Orleans uh, homeless residents um, and Jefferson homeless residents are uh, very um, disabled. There's a very high rate of disability, uh, 91% of people experiencing homelessness are disabled. And so they, uh, when they've been homeless for a year or longer and have that disability, we can get them into permanent supportive housing, which maintains ongoing rent support 
and uh, case management services to make sure that people have income, um, that they're paying a portion of that income towards their own rent, and, and that they stay housed and don't become homeless again. Joe, are we still utilizing hotels anywhere in the city? Uh, uh, you know, after uh, during the during you, during the time of, of COVID in 2020 and 2021, um, we uh, were able to uh, make use of FEMA resources to um, get uh, 1,013 people off the streets and into hotels, and um, over 80 percent of those people remain permanently housed afterwards. Um, that program is not ongoing, um, but there may be other uh, projects um, relative to this encampment initiative um, that may house folks on a short-term basis. But the, the ultimate destination of folks who are unhoused is, is, is permanent homes and apartments and houses uh, across the community because that's where um, folks want to go, and that's what really um, solves the problem of homelessness. In the not-too-distant past, the city had embarked upon developing a place, I guess, uh, transitional housing is what they called it. Is that still alive and well? Uh, the, the city has a, a low-barrier shelter, um, and that uh, is still operating. Uh, however, it, its capacity, even at, um, I think it's maximum of up to 300 or, or maybe even more beds, um, is not enough to meet the need of the, the total unsheltered population of New Orleans. First of all, that stays full um, regularly. I mean, although people move in and out, it, it, it has a very high occupancy rate, as do all the other shelters. Um, on a, any given night, there's probably about 1,000 people in shelter and another 500 uh, New Orleanians um, who are unable to access shelter. In terms of transitional housing, that's a, um, a technical term um, for a, a, a specific type of housing program. Um, um, that includes long-term support, but it's not um, in and of itself. It's not permanent housing, and it's not something that the federal government um, uh, really uh, preferentially funds any longer. Joe, uh, how uh, when you look back over the uh, past several months, I mean, I know that there's been this very um, robust collaborative effort, um, bringing a lot of resources to the forefront. On a scale of one to ten, where where would you grade where you guys are right now? I think we're doing a a really uh, good job. I mean, it's it's no small feat to house um, the folks that we've already assisted with housing. The residents that we've engaged with is the Tremaine Cameron, for instance, um, who have not yet uh, acquired housing, um, are being navigated to housing, which means that they're being shown apartments. Um, um, we're working through the process of getting them into housing. I think I think it's a it's been a a, a challenging experiment, but it's not uh, our first time doing this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back in 2008, Unity um, succeeded in um, closing down two very large downtown encampments um, by housing 452 people. And as I mentioned before, we had a similar experience going back as recently as 2020 and 2021. Um, in addressing encampment and street homelessness um, during the public health emergency. So um, I, I think that this is the beginning of a new project because the inflow into homelessness due to high rents continues. Um, we, we need a solution that will create permanent, uh, a, a permanent affordable opportunities. You know, in other words, 
new affordable opportunities within our communities for folks to prevent people from becoming homeless in the future. I know that there's been kind of a new frontier with workforce housing. Um, Is that something that works to y'all's benefit? Workforce housing is important. You know, um, it comes as a surprise, but many, many people who are homeless uh, work, uh, full-time jobs in some cases, part-time jobs in others. And those are the fo- so it's the folks that we get into our um, rapid rehousing programs. Um, that is really important, um, and, and we need more of that. Um, we need housing, without trying to get too technical, that's affordable to people who make, um, you know, less than 30% of the area median income. Um, that... Um, is a low wage, a low a low income, but there needs to be housing that's affordable to folks in that range, and that's a, a range that has been particularly difficult for private developers to create housing um, that's profitable to them in that range, and and that's where we need um, new resources, especially um, at this time. Um, obviously, a year from today, or a little bit more than that, maybe uh, Super Bowls here anticipated pressure Uh, no i don't think so um we know that uh folks who are homeless need to address their home need their homelessness addressed by housing and we have been doing that as an agency um for 32 years um that is our mission and that's not going to change um relative to the super bowl we've had super bowls um held in new orleans in that time frame already um, so, right. no, not a, no additional pressure as a result of that. If you had if if there was one thing that somebody could change for you uh, on a wish list, what, what would it be for, for well, the we, folks at Unity? Yeah, we really need um, more uh, availability and we really need more access to housing. Um, and that means landlords um, in Orleans and Jefferson Parishes and all in the surrounding communities who are who are interested and willing to uh, take the voucher, who want to uh, house um, folks who need housing and who will do well in housing. Because um, folks who are homeless today were not homeless um, their whole lives. They've um, lived in housing before and they've done well in housing. And with the right support, they can continue to do well. So we really, um, you know... There's no silver bullet, um, but that's a a big thing that we want to encourage folks um, who manage properties and who own properties to reach out to us um, so that we can we can fill your vacancies. Earlier in the interview, you you said that 91 percent of homeless people have some kind of disability of that percentage of folks. um, How much of that would be in the mental health field? I um, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure exactly how many um, have mental health disabilities versus other physical health disabilities. I would say that the folks who rise to the level of our attention and who prioritization are folks who um, usually have multiple co-occurring disabilities. Um, right. um, uh, I, I'm looking here. You know, in 2020. To seventy-five um, percent of folks had a serious mental uh, illness, so um, so a very high a very high percentage um, have serious mental illness. But there's often very other co-occurring disabilities that have to do with hypertension, 
Um, you know, living on the street can be very stressful, and it can ex- exacerbate a lot of other um, physical health conditions um, that affect people's lives as well. I really was asking that question, you know, in the context of, and, and you know, my previous walk of life in, in law enforcement, what we saw when the mental health delivery system was disrupted, it reveals itself in a community in, in a lot of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And that and that disruption, whether it be lack of funding, whether it be, you know, any number of things, and typically you don't see a lot of advocates, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Sure. But it, it, but it hurts the, it hurts a community in a lot of ways. It's really hard to recover from, right? That that's very true, and that's why um, it's it's really important that um, the the mental health um, care system be, um, you know, be expanded, be be strengthened in our state. And a lot of the mental health care, especially for people who are poor, comes through um, through Medicaid. Um, and, and that's what, uh, we, we are able, that's how we're able to keep folks in housing, um, at, at any given time, unity, um, pays for and, and supports, uh, folks or subsidizes the housing of over 3,500 people in our community. And those folks would likely become homeless again, if not for the supportive services that we offer, uh, which include, um, mental health services and access to those types of services. So, yeah, that's really very, very important um, that we you know, strengthen uh, people's access to that and keep uh, their access um, available, um, you know, um, because that's what that's what's good, not just for those people who have experienced homelessness, but for the whole community. Now, I think you said earlier there's a small minority of folks that, that want to stay homeless, right? Um, what are the options that are truly available there? Well, I, I would I would say you know um, it's a very small uh, percentage of folks who want to stay homeless. I, actually, I would say in, in my experience um, over the years, uh, it, it's it's almost too small to even talk about because uh, when folks are presented with the right uh, housing that is uh, safe, secure, and affordable, um, then they take it in almost every case. Now, when folks are dealing with serious mental health uh, challenges, um, our uh, support network, our, our supportive service providers, work with them, our outreach workers, to help them see and understand that um, that safe, secure housing is safe and secure. They might not see that because of their disability or their condition, but we have a long history of working with folks, and it's really, truly transformative. Um, I'm thinking of a guy um, who had spent uh, many, many years, um, probably close to a decade on the street, and after um, getting into housing, which uh, took many years of trust building with an outreach worker who um, had known him as a child, and they had grown up in the same neighborhood, um, helped him find a house and, and through that, he was able to stabilize his mental health condition, reconnect with his daughter, um, and and really live a, a, a life that contributed to his neighborhood, that was uh, reestablished those family connections, and really the, the key to all that was the housing, which, which stabilized his life. Yep. It's amazing how sometimes there's um, 
at least in my experience in a lot of cases, is like one little nuance that, that has the whole kind of house of cards, you know, figuratively speaking, tumbling down, right? Mm-hmm. And and the nuance is not always readily apparent, right? It's in and in some cases it it very much presents itself in a real covert way, and I think that's what makes a lot of these cases that that you're talking about even all the more difficult. Would you agree? Yeah, I think when it, when it comes to um, working uh, and addressing homelessness, there's there's you know it has to be approached in a twofold manner. One, we have to address the structures that lead to um, people becoming unhoused, people who were previously homeless becoming unhoused. And a lot of that has to do with affordability and income. Um, when you have persistently low incomes and rising uh, rental and housing costs, that's going to drive people into homelessness. But when you're dealing with folks who have become unhoused and getting them back into housing, um, it's really about uh, very uh, sensitive, um, detailed um, case management services, attentive to people's concerns and problems and uh, and willing to um, look for creative solutions to address those things on a very personal basis because everyone's story and situation is as highly unique yeah i know uh, there was a lot of chatter about this deadline tomorrow with treme is that something that's going to be reached or no I think when it comes to the closure maintenance uh, uh, and the closure of the encampment, that's really the city's responsibility. Our role um, in the process is um, uh, verifying folks' disability and homelessness, matching folks to housing, um, finding landlords and apartments, inspecting the apartments, making sure they're in good conditions, that people are living in quality housing. And then, you know, once they've leased up, providing them with furnishing and household goods so that um, they're able to make that transition well and to, to settle into a, a, their, their new homes. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us, uh, providing a lot of the backdrop uh, to this challenge. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate the work that you guys do. Great, and thank you very much for uh, highlighting this issue. And, and uh, if, I, if I may, I really want to invite the public who are interested in uh, – uh, participating or lending a hand to this um, they can donate household goods or furniture um, to the unity uh, warehouse uh, by calling 483-9300 that's the 504 area code or um, by um, donating through the unity website and earmarking those donations for client uh, supplies at unitygno.org unitygno.org all righty thank you so much joe appreciate it have a great mardi gras season Thank you. Same to you, Newell. It's Joe Heron, Muller, uh, Director of Community Engagement for Unity GNO. We'll be right back, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.